1: Support for the Cannon Fire podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at BetOnline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And of course, they've always got the online casino, which never closes. So head over to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Once again, BetOnline, your online sportsbook
0: expert. Tampa Bay Buccaneers from the 48-yard line. Second down, 13. Brady lobs one downfield. Caught ball by Gronkowski. Inside the 20 to the 15-10. Gronkowski to the 5 to the 4-yard line. Holy crock <laughs> 3rd down, 18. Dropping Gannon, and looking Gannon, and looking Gannon. Those up the middle. It's, it's it At the Derrick 30. Brooks. Derrick Brooks, 30. Brooks to the 25. He's 20. Derrick Brooks all the way. There it is. The dagger's in. Yeah. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, baby. This is the Big Nasty. Yeah, big nasty
1: Hall of Fame, Tempe Buccaneer fan, baby.
0: This is Mike Allstott, Tempe Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother, you ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo!
1: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast live on YouTube today. For episode 208, it is the weekly Cannon Fire Mailbag show. Pleasure to have you. And we've got some very big news to kick off this week's show. Just another guy you can add to the list of people that I never, ever, ever thought I would see in a Buccaneers uniform. With the secondary a little bit beat up, the Bucks made a move. They went out and signed former All-Pro. Five-time pro bowler, Super Bowl champion, cornerback, Richard Sherman. How about that? Now, obviously, Richard Sherman is not what he was when the Legion of Boom was still around. But I think it's a good veteran presence for this secondary. I know the argument has been made that Carlton Davis is enough of a vet himself. But I still think a guy like Richard Sherman helps, especially when you have two guys who have been there and done that. But a secondary that needed help? The Buccaneers go out and find their guy. It is a one-year deal worth up to $2.25 million, $500K guaranteed. And uh, happy to have him in Tampa Bay. So welcome to the Buccaneers, Richard Sherman, and welcome back to the Can of Fire podcast. I'm your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. Rocking the shades tonight. What's, uh, what's the special occasion, my friend?
2: Nothing, just I don't know. I, I just felt Jeez. like I was, I guess, too cool for school. I'm one of those cool guys that can wear shades inside. I guess I don't know. I feel like kind of like a douchebag, but it
1: is, you felt is, like is, you
2: felt like stepping out is what it is. A little bit, you know. Got to got to step out every now and then. So mailbag show. It's more of a laid back show. So I figured, hey, why not act like a act like a cool guy and 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 rock the shades for this one? <laughs> we won't do it every time. Probably won't do it ever again. But for this one, why not?
1: We're going to be answering your guys' submitted questions. We got a couple of emails we'll get to. Of course, we'll talk about the latest Buccaneer news as well in the live chat really quickly. Shout out to Fresh the Killer and Joey Salas, a couple of the first guys in here. We'll get to your questions in a minute. If you do have any questions throughout the course of the show, well, that's the nature of the Mailbag Show. Drop them in the live chat, and we will make sure we get to you as quick as we can. But let's talk about Richard Sherman and what he brings to the table. Like I said before, he is not the Richard Sherman of old. He's not coming here to be your cornerback one. But I think he is a breath of fresh air for the secondary when you don't have to rely on guys like D. Delaney as much anymore. Now, the initial report with Sherman said that he is expected to play Sunday versus the Patriots. Uh, when both Bruce Arians and Richard Sherman were asked about it, both of them were kind of cautious. Sherm said he needs like a week. To get ready, Bruce said he probably will not play unless the team absolutely needs him. So what do you think are, are we going to see Richard Sherman on the field this Sunday or, or are we better off waiting till next week?
2: Yeah most likely I don't think you'll you'll see him um yeah I, I really don't think you know obviously it came out Rick Stroud I think was the guy who said at first that you know he could play. Obviously, even if he is going to play, if he is going to play, it's not going to be, like, 90% of the or something. But I wouldn't really expect it. It doesn't sound like that's something Sherman's expecting, even though he did say – like, he said it would be foolish to think that he could. But, like, if the team needs him to do it, like, he can. Uh, yeah, like, he would. Like, I don't think that's the issue. Um, but, yeah, it doesn't sound like Sherman's expecting it. It doesn't sound like um, – it doesn't sound like it's something Bruce Arians is expecting. So I I would, I would bet. And also the other thing, you know, we got an update on Jamel Dean. That's not as serious as maybe one thought and he actually Jamel Dean was limited in a practice day. So maybe Jamel Dean is able to play and that that helps it out a little bit. So I wouldn't expect Sherman this week.
1: Yeah. And uh, really quickly in the live chat, I like this one. And then we'll get to my next question about Richard Sherman. Our buddy Kyle says, "You remember when I wanted the Bucks to draft a corner early in the draft, someone like Asante Samuel Jr.?" And Evan said it wasn't something we needed. Now I will say, hang on, ev-
2: hang, on, hang, on, th- hang on, hang on, hang on, hang, hang right, on, hang
1: on, hang on. All right, it's it was addressed to you, so I'll let you have the floor.
2: Yeah. Okay. So I always get the, I, I believe it was uh, Tyson Campbell from Georgia who I said. Uh, the Bucks should draft in the second round. If he got there, obviously, he didn't make it there. He was the first pick of the second round, I think, by Jacksonville. So I never – I think a lot of people asked me about drafting a corner in the first round, and that's where I said, like, no, okay? And that's also where I'm not saying the Bucks didn't need it. I said that because of Carlton Davis pending free agent status. I'm saying that I didn't think it was likely that they were going to do it, and they didn't, so
1: take well, that. I-, I will also say – that going into the season, especially during the draft, right, you can't account for injuries at all. I-, I saw somebody say recently that the Bucks might have been a little too overconfident with the secondary group they had coming into the season. I mean, what what do you th- what do you think of that? Because at the same like I, I want to say, you know, these guys are fresh off a of Super Bowl. I know they're still young, still kind of figuring it out. But, like, why why wouldn't you be, right? Sean Murphy Bunting, Jamel Dean, Carlton Davis, who has had a solid year. Sean Murphy Bunting, of course, has been hurt. Jamel Dean been back and forth with injury. So it's like, you know, injuries happen and you sign a Richard Sherman. If injuries did not happen, I don't think the Bucks are obviously signing Richard Sherman this week. So for anybody who wants to backtrack to stuff like that, I just, I don't, I, I, I don't know the logic there. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I mean, they they did win a Super Bowl. Um and I and I get, you know, the thing of not wanting to to hold on to last year as much. I get it. Um but you know, a lot of that was due to the pass rush and a lot of like it was due to them playing well, sure. But you also saw like issues during the regular season with defending the pass. Like like you saw that, right? They were clearly better against the run than the pass. And now I mean, teams aren't even attempting to run against them. And, and they're getting in trouble. And normally you'd say, oh, well, th- that makes an offense one-dimensional. That's good. No, it's not <laughs> good in this
1: case. Yeah, not when you can um, throw for 400 yards passing every week against the secondary.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's really remarkable. Um, and obviously, like you said, you can't predict injuries. I mean, Sean Murphy Bunting goes down uh, w- with, you know, in, in what I think it was the second drive. It was yeah, Dallas's okay. second drive. Sean Murphy Bunting goes down. And then Jamel Dean... you know, had a rough game versus Dallas played well versus Atlanta. Uh, Carlton Davis actually got banged up a little bit versus Atlanta. He hasn't been hundred percent healthy and Jamal Dean obviously left the game versus the Rams and he's been pretty sore. So, um, you know, it's like you said, it's, you can't predict injuries and, and I'm not sure, uh, you know, if they don't have these injuries, I'm not sure if Sherman's brought in because I think you would see a, a better product, a little bit of a better product. I'm not saying it would be shut down because I think there's still issues and stuff with the pass rush, not getting there and the linebackers not being good enough in coverage and stuff, but it's also still uh, early in the season. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's only, it's only a third game guys. They played three football games, right? Um, So I'm not sure if you would have seen Sherman, if the injuries didn't pile up, but um uh, It has. And just like Antonio Brown last year with the injuries this year, it's Richard Sherman. So uh, real quick, uh, Joey Sala says, yeah, the only way Sherman plays is Sunday is if the backup cornerbacks go down with injuries during the game. So I don't think that's going to happen because my guess is Sherman will be inactive. Uh, I don't believe he would even be active for the game. Um, so that would allow the Bucs to be able to to bring up somebody from the practice squad, like Pierre Desir or Richard Robinson, two guys who know uh, the, the, the playbook a little bit better at this point. So I think uh, I don't expect him to be active. Uh, TV 12 Goatman says, my question is when Sherman does play, who plays in the slot? Dean, better on the outside. Sherman and cornerback play outside. So we will answer that a little bit later. We'll get into that uh, as we get into more of the, the you know the the fit type type deal because I think that's one of the biggest questions I think you know well what does this mean for the rest of the guys and and it's gonna be interesting to see.
1: Well, we'll talk about one scenario a little bit later, but the question I did want to ask you actually, I mean right here right now is regarding Sherman's temporary spot on this defense. Uh, you know, with SMB missing an extended period of time, Jamel Dean kind of up and down. Even though Jamel Dean did practice today looking pretty hopeful for the week. You still don't entirely know if another thing is going to pop up later in the season, but as for Richard Sherman right now, when he eventually does suit up and play for Tampa Bay, what is his role going to be? Because we have to believe that his role right now is going to be a little bit different than what it is when guys like SMB and, you know, Jamel Dean are a hundred percent. Yeah. So
2: I would assume that, that he's going to be the outside corner along side Carlton Davis. I would assume, Um you know the the thing that's tough for for a guy like Jamel Dean is Jamel Dean doesn't really play in the slot like at all. Like, he's never really done it, and Richard Sherman hasn't really done it. So it's not like you can expect that from Sherman either uh Carlton Davis hasn't really done it so those guys are outside corners so that would leave essentially Sean Murphy Bunting as the nickel guy when he does return I've seen a lot of people say well wouldn't you just you know for now wouldn't it be Sherman on the outside with Davis and uh Dean on the inside and no like like a lot of people are saying oh well, thank god that means no Ross Cockrell even though if you actually watch the game Ross Cockrell didn't play that bad um the Ross Cockrell still going to be the starting nickel e- even if uh, if Jamel Dean misses time and it's Richard Sherman and Carlton Davis on the outside, Russ Cocker will still be the nickel cornerback because, like I said, Jamel Dean just hasn't really done it. So um, when when all three, you know, are, are are in the fold, that Sherman, Dean, and Murphy Bunting, I would expect Dean to just be the fourth corner, honestly, and and rightfully so. I think he hasn't he hasn't earned it with his play, you know. Sean Murphy Bunting, yes, he hasn't played a whole lot, but it's been due, due to an injury, not performance. Yes, he wasn't great versus Dallas early on, but, it, like, come on. It, it's like, what, 10 snaps or something. Right. So, um, you know, Jamel Dean, to me, has not earned it. So, until he shows that he can, you know, come in and make plays and and be an effective cornerback, he's going to be the fourth corner, and he's not going to get a ton of playing time unless they're in, you know, like dime sets and stuff.
1: Yeah. You're not the only one who has been a little harsh on Jamel Dean this year. And I don't even know if harsh is the word to use because he has definitely underperformed. He is your breakout player of the year. Yeah, right. that's
2: looking like a complete yeah. bust.
1: Hey, at least my guy's got a couple of catches, right? O.J. Howard started a little two. bit more. Yeah, two on the entire year. I, th-
2: I, think, I think we should eliminate that award from like the, the of <laughs> predictions because like we never get it right.
1: No, I don't think so. It, this is like my fourth, fifth year in a row of doing OJ Howard, and I just don't think it has ever worked out for me. So we'll see what happens. But tough, uh, tough sledding for both of our picks so far. Before we get to our first email, I have one more thing I want to ask you about. As far as Richard Sherman, and we we hinted at it a little bit earlier. The uh, kid thuggin' on Instagram. I like that username, man. He asks, "What will Richard Sherman's role be when Jamel Dean and SMB are back and healthy?" And I know we literally you know, just said that we'll talk about this a few minutes ago, but the time has come. So as far as Richard Sherman can't really get too comfortable in the role that he's about to pick up because if SMB is good to go here and I don't know, what, what are we thinking for SMB? Like three weeks, maybe at this point? Um, Three, four?
2: Yeah. The, the bucks really haven't, I mean, Bruce Arians or anybody it hasn't really been asked, but they haven't really given a complete answer yet. So that tells me that we're still a few weeks away. I think what was he put on IR. Might have been right i'm not sure if it was immediately after week one but obviously this would technically be the third game that he would be missing which is what that ir means so i think they have to make a decision on him coming up whether to keep him on ir or activate him excuse me choked on my own spit there wow it's the sunglasses man this it might be the sunglasses uh you know (laughs) there's a blooper folks um people are gonna think i'm dying on all live on the pod uh so you know, sean murphy bunting I, so they have new england obviously this week and after that he could be eligible to return but based on the sounds of it i'm not sure if i would expect them to just boom be right back out there for week five mm-hmm. um maybe week six but yet again you gotta think week week six is a thursday night game so that's week five is sunday that's already a short week so maybe you could be looking at him returning like week seven versus the bears i i don't know i'm just speculating but i think week six or week seven is much more realistic than this you know after his three games oh he's back because we haven't really been given much updates so
1: yeah and as far as sherman goes like what changes in his role once smb is ready to go again
2: not a ton, I don't think. I, I still think he's going to be the, the outside corner um, most of the time. I think I read somewhere, I forget whose tweet it was from, but they want to keep Carlton Davis, I believe, on the right side of the field. Um, so th- that that's, I guess, Sharma will occupy the left side. Uh, so that's where he'll be, and I don't really think it's going to change a whole lot because, like I said, SMB plays the nickel. So, uh, if, if anything, it you will know, help Sherman a little bit having a better nickel cornerback. Because while I'm not a Ross Cockrell hater, I also think that Sean Murphy Bunting is a much better player. So, yeah, sure.
0: Um,
2: you know, I think that'll help the whole secondary. So, once this thing comes together and they're 100% healthy, you know we could be looking at actually a decent secondary. So uh, I don't think much changes for Sherman or Carlton Davis uh, in their roles, but um, you know, a lot changes for Jamel Dean. I think that's what this impacts the most.
1: Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and get to our first email to wrap up the Richard Sherman conversation. This comes from Richard T and this is a very interesting take. This was sent to us before the Bucks had signed Richard Sherman, so keep that in mind. But I like the question, because a lot of people were asking this same question after an NFC South division rival was able to make a couple of moves earlier this week. So our buddy Richard sent us an email at canafirepodcast at gmail.com, and he asks us this. How pissed off are we, as fans, that our division rivals, the Carolina Panthers, We're able to pull off a steal of a trade for Jaguars cornerback CJ Henderson, yet here we are hoping for Richard Sherman. I absolutely hate this because now that Panthers corner duo on paper can look like one of the best tandems in the league next year, having two first round corners. Love to hear your thoughts. Thanks, Richard. I'll tell you, man. It would have been pretty cool to see the Bucks be a little more active on a guy like CJ Henderson. I'm not entirely sure what stopped them. Like maybe they already had their mindset on Richard Sherman, but uh I, I don't know, man. What what are your thoughts on this?
2: Well, obviously every single trade and every single signing that that's involved the Bucs, I guess, have to do it because uh you know the Bucks roster should be hundred and fifty players. Yeah, uh, because yeah, yeah. You know, I mean
1: we gotta sign everybody now
2: yeah everybody that's released it's well what about this guy well well what about this guy well okay calm down but i can obviously okay.
1: like i can obviously understand you know where the conversation starts to take a yeah. turn is like look at the upside with cj henderson and
2: sure we kind of know what what's Richard the what's the difference yeah what's the difference between cj henderson right now and what they currently have not much right yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, a, it's a, guy, a, a young, it's a young still corner still trying to need some developing yeah like it's you know, C.J. Henderson, I think is going to be a good player. Like he was a first round pick. Like he's going to be a good player. But like, what's the difference right now? Right, the Panthers are in a different stage than the Bucks are. Despite being three and zero, the Panthers are in a different stage. <laughs> against, against stage... three
1: teams who are collectively zero and nine. Can't forget that part. No,
2: that that's the Broncos. That's the Broncos. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, I'm not sorry, I'm Not sorry. the Panthers. Um, but, but I mean, the, the, like I said, the Panthers beat the Jets. Jets are terrible uh the panthers beat the saints the saints were without Marshawn Lattimore, marcus davenport uh and they had 14 like eight, and a, 14 yeah. and a
1: half coaches
2: yeah, they didn't have any coaches and then they beat the texans uh, come on um so i mean the but the panthers while they're three and oh they also were looking for the future and that cj henderson fits their timeline pretty well mm-hmm. right now the bucks are a win now team right cj henderson yes he's an upgrade over a ross Cockrell, um and, you know or a uh d De delaney obviously but like you know what would you rather have as a win now team right and i do think at that point monday the the trade was made i think by that point things were pretty close with sherman and just is two things one it takes two to tango right uh it, you know so what if the jaguars aren't interested in dealing with the bucks Right, it's something we'll never know. And we'll I never some, know if the Bucks call
1: somebody in the. I think TV 12 Goatman said this in the chat, but like, there's a lot of teams in the NFL who are going to go out of their way to not help the Bucks. If this well, Bucks and
2: yeah, and I mean that's just nature, you know. Why would you want to help out the the champs? You're trying to beat them, so you know. I mean, obviously, you know, not all teams run their team that way, and the Jaguars obviously are in a much different stage in the Bucks, so I'm sure they wouldn't really care that much. But like, you know, it's. Yeah, like I said, it does take two to tango. There's sometimes we don't know if the Bucks called. I'm sure there are trades right now that the Bucks have called on that we have no idea, right? There are players that other teams have called the Bucks about that we have no idea. I'm sure, right? A lot happens. It's just, it just it takes two teams to get together and be interested in in, in what they're offering. And sometimes, like I said, it, especially in this case, I just think it was so close with Richard Sherman. Uh, I think pretty much. I think the contract agreement was pretty much the visit being set up. Yeah, the, I the, think, the, the way things trended, it seemed like the visit was like, OK, that's it.
1: Right. I think he went to bed that night before he went to the facility, him and the Bucks organization, knowing that he was going to end up signing the next day. I mean, he broke the news on his podcast, of all things. At like uh,
2: 845 in the morning.
1: Exactly. I woke up and I was surprised to see that the Buccaneers had signed Sherm to a one year deal. But I'll, I'll say this one thing about Richard Sherman. I'm grateful that we have him. He's just another guy that you didn't think you would see. He definitely helps at the position. He was very much a necessary signing. I think he's better than some of the corners we have on the roster, even though he's over 30. Uh,
2: he's he's the second best
1: corner. Yes.
2: He's, you know. Um,
1: but yeah, I, I will say, for the cre- – and there's not, there's not as many of them this time. Uh, but do you remember when we signed Antonio Brown – and the chatter was just all over the place. He had a lot of people who wanted him to have nothing to do with this organization because of his off the field stuff. Well, I mean, let's let's be realistic here. Richard Sherman did have his deal of off the field stuff this past off season. but did you listen to his podcast?
2: A little bit, not yeah. not a whole lot. I saw he was like kind of like joking about like the, the stuff. He was yeah, like, oh, right. I had some legal trouble. Yeah. But like that, yeah. it was like literally like with like his wife and like his in-laws and stuff like. Yeah, and is. his wife was like very supportive. Like, yeah, he said like his wife was the one that he had to give the final go. If she said no to, to him moving across the country, it wasn't going to do it. Wow. And she did.
1: So Wow. Learn something new every day. But as far as Richard Sherman goes, for that crowd of people who worry about stuff like that, I trust Richard Sherman more now than I did Antonio Brown when they signed him last year. And if that's saying something, Antonio Brown has turned me into a believer, right? He has been just a saint since he has been on Tampa Bay's roster, and I have no concerns at all that Richard Sherman is going to have any issue with, like, disciplinary stuff. Like, he's, you know, he's a veteran. He's been there, done that. He's, he, he's not... He's not going to take the microphone from Aaron Andrews and talk about how he's the best corner in the game and how you match him up with a sorry receiver like Crabtree. That's the result you're going to get. Don't you ever talk about the best who was talking about you. Uh, Crabtree, don't you open your mouth about the best.
2: Uh, You seem to have watched that a lot.
1: Yeah, that's that's probably. (laughs) I mean, I think that's everybody's favorite Richard Sherman moment. But basically. I I personally freaking hated that. (laughs) Basically, I like the signing. I think it was necessary. I think he's going to be a good fit for this team, and I really like the role that he has found himself in in the secondary. Because even though Carlton Davis is our number one guy, and he's our, you know, he's our vet, he's still still on his rookie contract.
2: Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Like, I, 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 and and but you know, he's he, y- yes, yes, and no. There, there is a part of that that's true. Yes, however, this is year four, right? He has a Super Bowl
1: ring. He does
2: like you know
1: he's playing like one of the best corners in league right now as well i think
2: technically you know that's a veteran technically that is a veteran player i think obviously you're a rookie then you're a sophomore and then i believe by year three you are a veteran so like you by you know if you're third year you're a veteran corner now obviously huge difference between carlton davis being a veteran and richard sherman being a veteran there is a yeah. Humongous difference, right? Even I guy like Pierre Desir, right? There's a humongous difference between Pierre Desir and Carlton Davis, um, but you know, like it, it, you're 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 right. I mean, you are right in that. It's like, he's a younger veteran, but he is a veteran. <laughs> but, but the issue is, he is like the oldest one that's the issue and we that there, there was nobody that was more of a veteran than him and that was the issue
1: right and we've had this conversation before about how you know corners are pretty tough position in the nfl it's very really, tough like you don't see a lot of guys who play cornerback who are in the running for defensive rookie of the year mm, you know because rare. it's it's usually a pretty rough first year a couple of adjustment seasons after that like we talked a little while ago. Uh, we talked a little while ago about Carlton Davis himself kind of getting over that hump from year three to year four, and he's still kind of figuring it out. He's playing the best that he yeah. ever has played, but that's just the nature of that corner position. Now, Richard Sherman, he's a five-time Pro Bowler. He's an All-Pro. Like, he's been there, done that. He he has experience with a lot of different defenses in the NFL as well, so it's a little bit easier for him to come in here and learn this thing. But I think it's just a good presence to have in the locker room It's a good presence to have around those young guys in the secondary, even though Carlton Davis is our vet. I like having Sherm in the locker room and I think it'll lead to good things.
2: Yeah. So real quick, before we move on to other things, while we are on the cornerback discussion, Mm -hmm. while we were doing this, I got one more question from Jay Andrew underscore 90 on Instagram. And he says, do you think, grab a veteran cornerback in free agency during the off season or take one in the draft. So basically <clears throat> he's assuming that they're, they're going to take a, they're going to get a cornerback, which I'm not sure that's a slam dunk that they're going to be targeting a cornerback. a re- lot of season, there's a lot of season left
1: folks. Just re- just resign Sherman.
2: Well, I mean, well, it all depends <laughs> on how he does. I mean, yeah, um, it does,
1: but it, it seems like the easy solution right now. If you're looking for a veteran, you kind of already have one.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, um yeah. so like I said, we got 14 regular season games left, folks. And we probably you know most 99% chance you got the playoffs. So you know, like a lot of football left to be played. So I know a lot of people, like there's been so many people ask me, oh, what what running back are they gonna draft? What cornerback are they gonna draft? Who knows? There's a whole season to get through. We may be, it may be draft season. There's a whole season and free agency to get through. It might come to draft season and we're looking at a position we didn't even think we would have to look at, right, for them to be drafting. You know, if they lose Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin, do you look at wide receiver? You know, like that's like that's the things you got to think about, right? Um, If they if they don't re-sign Jason Pierre-Paul or Ndamukong Tsu, do you look there? It's, you know, it's so many factors. But to try and best answer the question, I guess, um, I would think more likely they would be more likely to grab a veteran corner, whether that is re-sign Richard Sherman or uh, sign another veteran or trade for a veteran. I don't know if they want to go down that route of drafting a secondary player and developing him again and again while they're still in win-now mode. So... I would say, I would say it's more likely they they would sign or trade for an already established player than than to to draft one, even though there, there could be some talented players there. Uh, I think that uh, it would be more likely just to get the veteran, real quick. Um, is it Kyle yeah, Kyle, Kyle Maidman? Yeah, Kyle. okay, that's a cool name. That's Ky- a cool way to spell Kyle, Kyle with a C. Um, <laughs> yeah, can you tell everyone to stop with the Marlon Mack trade talk? Yeah, there's there's really nothing there. I think yeah, from on, the Bucks dude. side, um, the Bucks did the Bucks like Marlon Mack uh, coming out, uh, but I just don't think. Uh, obviously, like the running back room needs a boost, like it does, but I think that's gonna have to come internally. That's not gonna have to come from an outside source, not at this time, at least. So I I wouldn't expect it. I don't think the Bucs are going to be willing to give up a late round pick for something as insignificant as a running back when they already have, like they have talented backs. Leonard Fournette does not suck at football. Ronald Jones does not suck at football. It's just right now they're just not doing the the right thing. So uh, I think their plan is just wait, wait it out and
1: just see. Yeah. And just like you said, to start all of that, there is a lot of football left. So for guys like Leonard Fournette for Rojo or anybody else who might need to figure it out, there is still plenty of football left and the good news, the Bucks are still positive on the uh, record sheet, by the way, two and one headed into this matchup against the new England Patriots. Let's talk a little more bucks news. Some of the latest to come out of one buck place. I think this news came out yesterday or the day before, but not a lot of people have been talking about it. And I'm not sure if everybody knows, but the bucks placed wide receiver, Scotty Miller on the injury reserve. So it means he's going to be missing a minimum of three weeks. But when Bruce Arians was asked about it, I guess he is suffering from a uh, quote, severe case of turf toe basically is what it is. And uh, he is expected to miss a significant amount of time, which obviously is is not great news for Scotty Miller.
2: Yeah, but I mean, I, I saw people freaking out over this. Uh, I, I I just want to, preface this with with, by saying this um i I like what what scotty miller brings to the offense uh we talked about how he is a one-trick pony but when you have a wide receiver room as talented as the bucks do you don't need scotty miller to be this guy that can do all this different stuff um however he was barely seeing the field as is uh when when he was healthy as you know, was with like Antonio Brown there and Tyler Johnson, like everyone available, he was barely seeing the football field.
1: Even without AB, it d- didn't seem like he was getting yeah, that, many, like, uh, that much like, attention.
2: They're not really going to – I don't think they're going to really miss him. Like they're, they're, there's a few things that you can do with him that obviously will hurt, but there's just so much talent, and they're, they're top four. I mean, you know, obviously Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, and I think Tyler Johnson are all like – better players than Scotty Miller. Like I think they're all better football players. So I just I don't think you're going to be uh maybe you miss a big play here and there but like he barely played. So like I don't think this loss is is huge. Yeah. Even though it it does suck uh for, for Scotty because like I said I like you know you always like that deep threat but um I just I don't think it's a huge deal. Hopefully a severe case of turf toe um Andrew Andrew bar bargain bargain I don't know why is Evan wearing sunglasses inside we, we explain I'm a douchebag I gotta you know I gotta stick to the stick to the plan here
1: why is Evan wearing sunglasses because um, he's a douchebag why else
2: that's right I don't know why and,
1: people expected anything else from you real
2: real quick have you ever seen um superhero movie Oh it's like it's like God. a spoof. Many,
1: many, many, Isn't like Drake Bell in it? Yeah, Drake Bell. Yeah, many that. years ago I saw it, but I have not seen it in a very long time. It was a pretty yeah. forgettable movie, if you. Oh it. no way,
2: dude! That yeah, movie's hysterical. Uh, no, 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 right. no, 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 no. no But all anyways, right. they give out they give out an award for the douchebag of the year,
1: and like that's got my name written all over it. That's why I'm wearing the sunglasses. I'll make you. A little, um, tr- I'll make you a trophy buy the watch party and i'll present yeah. you with your award ladies and
2: gentlemen douchebag
1: of the year we'll give you yeah. the douchebag of the year award and i'll get my second straight king of the wing title with my big fancy championship belt made that'll be great
2: mm, yeah. i don't agree i don't agree okay. um chase said are you a Phillies fan sadly yes uh rojo and lenny give them both a an, an animal i do we or is this finding is this finding nemo i don't know emily tell me tell me what you meant to put uh give them the damn ball get out there and earn your damn money hey i mean yeah it's you know um do you see what i'm saying
1: (laughs) Um, no i i I know what she meant, and you said I live, it.
2: I live in an anemone.
1: Uh, no, an no, an no, an no. That's, that's not what. Yeah,
2: that, that's exactly what I read
1: it as. Well, that's so. not what she said. I'll, I'll leave so. it at that. Uh, speaking of Emily Campo, we have an email that we're going to read here in just a yeah. minute. But let's talk about some other guys who were on the mend this week. Jason Pierre Paul, his stat is still kind of up in the air. Do you think we see JPP? Bruce doesn't uh, seem too confident about it.
2: I don't. I doubt it. Yeah, I, I just I think it might be another week. Uh, Jason Bear Paul's like been providing medical updates like on himself on, on Instagram, <laughs> uh, on his Instagram story. And he said I, like he's
1: a great follow, dude.
2: Yeah, it, he, he said it would be like it would be OK and everything. But yeah, I, I wouldn't expect it this week, May, maybe next week. But I, I think for for this week, I, I don't really think so. It's like you said, doesn't really seem like it's something that Bruce Arians is, is expecting.
1: Yeah, it's going to be another week with a lot of eyes on Joe Tryon. While we didn't see him obviously mm-hmm. get to the quarterback as much last week,
2: something something to note today, just today, and obviously we'll go over this in our game preview. But just today, uh, the Patriots both starting tackles for the Patriots were limited in practice. So just oh, something,
1: nope. yeah, something to keep an eye on. Another guy for the Buccaneers who may or may not play this weekend. We mentioned him earlier. That's corner Jamel Dean. Now, obviously, if he's able to go, I think it's going to be huge for the secondary because without him, it's not like you're going to have Richard Sherman out there. Yeah,
2: well, While Dean has struggled, it could be much worse. Yeah. You, can't, you can't go out there trotting D Delaney out there as your number two corner.
1: Well, and I guess, you know, Jamel Dean, his status obviously up in the air, but the Bucks not in a hurry to play Richard Sherman this week. Is it a statement at all of what they think about Mac Jones passing attack in new England. Like, is it, you know, is that why we're not in as much of a hurry? Like maybe if they were playing Stafford this week, they try and make a little bit more of an effort to get Sherman out there.
2: I'll tell you what, if that is, that's unacceptable to me. Um, I mean, what, what gives you the right to, to do that? You know, the Atlanta offense just put up 17 against the giants. They put up six against the Eagles. They put up 25 against you. like,
1: that's also
2: true. What, what 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 gives you the right to say? Oh, you know what? We don't really have to, you know. Oh, it's it's the Patriots' offense. They haven't really scored much. It's a rookie quarterback. We don't really have to do that. No way. Like, uh, it, if it, it could be, but it better not be because um, if if that's the case, that is that's like embarrassing and extremely concerning. If that's like their mindset. Oh, we don't have to put forth our our best effort because you know it's mac jones like no like if that happens if you have that mindset then you're going to go out and get sliced up by mac jones that's yeah. what's going to happen so if you have that mindset which i don't think they do right let me just say that i don't think they yeah, do I don't think, it, I
1: don't think any nfl team is thinking that but, way i was just trying to paraphrase basically <laughs> yeah but like you know can't take anybody lightly this is the nfl
2: right they're they're all they're all professionals they're all you know they're, they're all here for a reason so
1: well if my uh if my recent tweet I think one of my more popular recent tweets is anything to go off of. I had Mac Jones pinned to go for like 450 yards and six six touchdowns this week.
2: Yeah, and you got killed for it.
1: What? No, a lot of people were laughing their ass off at it because people no, get okay, it. No, okay,
2: yeah, man. yeah, if I say it though, people kill yeah, me. Yeah,
1: well, it. yeah, because, you know,
2: douchebag of the year.
1: <laughs> let's go ahead and talk about this last guy whose status is a little foggy for this Sunday and let's do it. Through an email, right? I guess we'll talk about it. Gio Bernard, our our buddy Emily Compa sends us an email. And she says, Rhett Nevin, Emily Compa here. Before you say I'm overreacting, I just get frustrated with stupid stuff having to do with this team. I am a loyal fan and I have followed this team since they were the yucks. But running back Gio Bernard is more than capable of handling our running game. And I say that because we have no running game. With Lenny being so inconsistent and Rojo being down on himself. What the holy hell is the holdup with putting Gio in there to get going? Go Bucks from Emily. Well, I will say that Gio, I I wouldn't trust him with like the run game. I'd like to see him get more involved in the passing game because that's where we saw him make those plays last week against the Rams. Even though it was kind of garbage time, there were critical, huge third down conversions. The guy has wheels, and if he gets a couple of blockers, passes a uh you know catches a pass in the flat has blockers in front of him and one man to miss he's gonna get a lot of yards I would like to see him a little more involved but at the same time we're talking about him now because uh his status also kind of up in the air I think Bruce said that he had a minor minor MCL tear but
2: yeah it's it's an MCL sprain
1: okay sprain i'm sorry if
2: if, if it was a terry wouldn't be
1: playing well that's what i was like that's why i wanted to be sure (laughs) yeah it it sounds pretty brutal but for as painful as that dive into the end zone looked it was a touchdown for Gio. but good to hear that his injury is not as serious as far as his status goes this week do you think he's gonna play and uh emily's question what have you got
2: uh as far as this week i don't know if he's gonna play He he didn't practice today Um, so we'll see what the, and we're obviously, we're recording this on Wednesday. If you're listening to this, it's, this is on Wednesday. So the Wednesday practice, didn't practice is Thursday and Friday. So that we'll see what happens. I think they're going to want to give him a go. Uh, it might come down to a game time decision. Obviously the the game is at night. So that helps a little bit. You, You can wake up, see how he feels in the morning, do a couple stretches, maybe a couple workouts, see how the knees feeling. Um, uh, I think it's yeah, knee, yeah, because MCL, yeah. So, I mean, lucky that luckily that's not worse, uh, because it, it sure didn't look great, uh, but it was, uh, you know, unfortunately, it was not ACL or like you said, uh, an MCL tear because there it's just a sprain and they really dodged a bullet there, as they did with Jamel Dean, who was also another, another knee injury. Uh, you know, I, I think so. And, and TB12 Goodman says Geo can run the ball, he can, but he's not like. I don't think he's the best option. I just, I don't think I still believe that Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones were both better options in their actual run game than Gio Bernard. Gio Bernard was raw right here for one reason. And that was the catch passes because no other bucks running back basically could. And, and I think his usage on Sunday was good. I, I don't really think they have to change much there. The only thing I will say is that on a normal game, they have Antonio Brown. Um, so... Who you know, also, that, who,
1: who will be back at practice tomorrow, yes, no matter yes. what,
2: which is kind of strange, right? That he has back already. Yeah. Bruce Arian said his 10 days are up, but if you're vaccinated, you're, you shouldn't have to wait out 10 days. I I don't know. um, Whatever, but yeah, he'll be back. So that's, that's the bottom line there. So yeah, I mean, Gia Bernard, like I said though, but normally you'd have Antonio Brown there. Right. Uh, and I think that, obviously it's just one guy but like that makes all the difference in the world i i really think maybe this has opened the bucks eyes up a little bit and said like wow Gio bernardo is actually the best receiving option of our running backs hmm how about that
1: i I'd, I'd like um, to think so like just to see it him has catch to. It, just, it has to, to. just to see him catch a pass on like first down could you imagine right instead of running it on first down up the gut for a very minimal game.
2: Oh, okay that 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 narrative is dumb so I I, I got to stop. No, that there, right there
1: there are actually there are actually uh, statistics this year that show the Buccaneers have gotten a lot better about passing on first yes. down. So that narrative can be put to bed. Sorry, I the, brought the, it back. The only thing,
2: the, the only thing, the only reason it's it's like relevant is because of how they started the game. Because they did start the game with some first down runs and stuff with, with on on Sunday against LA with, with Fournette. And that's the only reason that's really relevant in people's minds. But yes, they have passed them more on first down, and they've been using more play action like all the things that people, you know, type on Twitter with their big Twitter fingers, you know, um, they, have they've done it. So relax. But yeah, I mean, like I said, Gio Bernard was here to catch passes. He did that for, you know, like I said, that Rams game was, was spectacular, but also I'm not sure if you can expect what he have seven receptions or something. Uh, like, I'm not sure if you can expect that. So, um,
1: one of our moderators, David said, you look like an assistant coach at practice.
2: Yeah, you know, it's got to, Gio, you you know, Geo. he's got to get better. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll work on that knee, but you know, he should be good to go for Sunday. And uh, we'll have to work him in the offense. Uh, you <laughs> know, so, yeah, that's all coach speak, right? Yeah, um, yeah you know, New England, they, uh, that rookie quarterback is tremendous. Uh, he's, he's really doing a great job and kids got to be a challenge. His arm it's going to be a challenge you know coach Baltec checks kind uh, of those guys ready to go and you know we 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 got to focus off the distractions uh you know we we know we know, we know what this game means to two of our guys but uh that we we can't focus on that right now um we we have to focus we have to, fo- we have to fo- focus on beating new england
1: listen we're on to new england
2: <laughs> we're on the new england that's it um so yeah i i like i said i hope that that, that game opened the bucks eyes and like they finally realized something that everybody knew. And I thought the Bucks knew when they signed Gia Bernard, that like he's the best pass catcher and it's not very close. So, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Obviously it does depend on his health this week, but I think long-term, I think you will end up seeing Gia Bernard catch more passes. am uh, not saying he's going to get as many catches as he did last week because, you know, all matchups are different, but uh, I th- I do think you'll, you'll see him more involved in this offense as long as he stays healthy.
1: Yeah, well, I will definitely be a very big fan of that move, getting hit, getting the ball in his hands a little bit more. Let's get to our last mailbag question, and then we'll close it out with a take bag if you have one. I don't know if you usually have one, but uh, I guess we'll find out here in a couple minutes, won't we?
2: I guess so. We'll see.
1: <laughs> so our buddy Muscle Mills on Instagram with our final question, and we normally like to close with a fun one, right? Every now and again, you guys can ask us whatever the hell you want. But if it's not related to the team right now, then maybe, maybe we're just going to push it to the end of the show. But I really like this question, and I'm curious to hear what the live chat thinks of this one. Muscle Mills says, In 2002, I thought that John Gruden was overrated. Would Tony Dungy still have won the Super Bowl with this Bucs team? I believe so. And I will start this one off by saying, actually directing you to the Berta manual catch. I'm sure I am not the only Bucs fan you have heard talk about this, and I will definitely not be the last because uh, for a lot of the OGs, they will never forget 1999 playing the greatest show on turf. It was a defensive game, but the Buccaneers got a critical first down with Burt Emanuel. Rest ruled it an incomplete pass. Buccaneers lose the game. A lot of people say that even if he had the first down, the Bucs weren't going to score because they couldn't score anything that day, but I don't know. I feel like if Burt Emanuel gets that catch, Bucs end up winning that game. Buccaneers steamroll whoever they play in the Super Bowl, which was Tennessee, right? Yep. Would have been would have been Tennessee. Yep. They would have absolutely annihilated them, which means the Bucs would have had their first franchise Super Bowl title in 1999. It also means that Tony Dungy probably would not have parted ways with the organization because he had brought them a Super Bowl title, which was the goal for so long. And, of course, we all recognize Tony Dungy as the architect, Who brought in these great players helped turn this team around from the yucks to the Bucks pewter power? Like that's Tony Dungy, baby. But I I think that if the Bucks had won in '99, Dungy probably would have won another Super Bowl. I don't know what year. That's not that's not the question though. It's not the question.
2: The, the The question was, would he have won in 2002?
1: Yes. Okay. Yeah.
2: I'm going to say no. Um. And it's mostly because, yes, I understand that the defense and stuff was was Tony Dungy's doing. Like I understand that, right?
1: <laughs> Basically, Gruden had Oakland's playbook. Is
2: <laughs> also yeah, sure. But also, didn't the Bucks score? I understand the Bird Emanuel rule. Didn't they score like nine points in, in that in that Rams game? Yeah, in it was NBA either Central six
1: or nine. Game? It was not. It was not an offensive so,
2: game for either yeah. of these teams. No, it, it wasn't an offensive game. Anytime the Bucks really took the field under Tony Dungy. And Gruden helped with that. And what Gruden did, it didn't turn the Bucks into this offensive juggernaut, but he did just enough. Here's who Gruden Gruden brought in in the offseason, right? Keenan McCardell, Ken Doger, Joe Gavvicious, Michael Pittman, and Ricky Dudley. You know, I do those players come there if Gruden's not the coach? Do, do they? I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. He, he brought those guys there to run the offense and, and it, it worked. So I'm not sure, you know, everybody says, Oh, we want it with Dungy's team. wanted it with Dungy's team with the defense. Sure. Right. It was Dungy's defense. You have to give credit there. It was, it was a lot of like, yeah, sure. Like he built that defense. I get it. But also like, yeah, you could say, well, the Burnham Manual catch of the thing, but it didn't happen. Right. It didn't. Well, I mean, what about there's nothing,
1: the, there's nothing you can do about it, but you know, bitch on the internet 28 years later. Yeah.
2: Okay. Well, what about two? Well, yeah. Then the, the, what about 2000? Well, what about 2001? Why didn't they win it then? You know, they always had a lack of offense. Well, why didn't they win it then if they were so, you know, 1999 was the closest they got, but then what about 2000? What about 2001? So he, he didn't do it. And I, I do think that John Gruden made a difference His offensive schemes the players he brought in to run the help run the offense, take some of the pressure off Keenan Johnson. uh, Keyshawn Johnson. I was thinking Keenan McCardell and Keyshawn Johnson, um, you know, the, the pressure to take off of him, give Brad Johnson more options. I, I, I do believe that John Gruden, I don't know in 2002, if they, it was also might've been a mentality thing, um, that Tony Dungy team, I don't know if they go into Philadelphia in that NFC Championship game and win. I, I don't. I just think those Dungy teams, because the previous two years, that's where their season ended. That was it. Those Dungy teams, I feel like, we're just really scared of Philadelphia. And I think when Gruden was there, and, you know, I watched the America's game with the Bucks, uh, the 2002 one. And after they lost to the Eagles in the regular season in Philly, you know, Warren Sapp was telling the story of how, he was on the bus and he was sort of angry and Gruden goes, don't worry. Like I got them. I know what they're running. I got them. You know, the next time we see him we're I think Sap said like, we're going to stick a fork in them. And Gruden recognized the bugs were dead in the water in that game. Gruden recognized a certain coverage that they were running. And that's when he said, I, I got him." And Joe Vicious ran the fastest he ever has. And that changed the entire game. So that's why that is my case for why John Gruden was important to the Bucks win a Super Bowl. It wasn't just Tony Dungy's team. They they wouldn't have just if Tony Dungy was the coach. They wouldn't have won the Super Bowl. Like I think Gruden played a factor. I'm not saying what what happens after that happened after that, and Dun, Dungy got his Super Bowl. Great for him. Gruden, you know, they made the playoffs twice after that. Didn't really work out. Whatever. But for that particular 2002 season, going into Philly playing San Francisco, you know, the, the week before, uh, then playing Oakland, I think that John Gruden made the difference.
1: Yeah. I like it, man. I mean, I know I said Tony Dungy probably would have won, but I think both of those coaches are very important in their roles in Bucks history. And you can
2: make arguments for, for either one. Sure. I would accept that. I mean,
1: one. with any hypothetical football situation of, you know, over 20 years ago, we could sit here all day and argue about it. But like you said, it doesn't really matter what if. What's done is done. And uh, Bucks ended up winning their first title in 2002. And that's the way it was. David Cardona, one of our mods with a great point here. He says, John Gruden is the winningest coach in Bucks history for a reason. He could build a team and had the coaches to be consistently competitive. And that's exactly where Bruce Arians and crew is trying to top. And I do agree. I, I think Bruce Arians and crew is already off to a great start. Uh, one Super Bowl is good enough. But, you know, with everybody brought back for another year and, and really no signs of slowing down, I'm pretty interested to see what happens now what I, Bruce's I will record say, is is once it's all said and done. I don't think he's gonna be a coach as long as Gruden was, obviously. No.
2: Yeah, he he won't be what a Gruden coach, like eight years I think he coached the Bucks or something like
1: that.
2: Yeah he got fired two yeah two thousand eight. Yeah, fired. So yeah um have yeah, six or seven seasons, whatever it was. Uh so um while we do say that and praise Gruden just uh, like I said it's a mailbag episode we're just chatting man did they dodge a bullet by not hiring in, in 2017 um i had a, I had a few people oh, like I had, I had a few people um that i talked to explain to me just how close it was and it was uh yeah. it was close and uh they really
1: well the last really
2: dodged a bullet
1: the last understanding that i had about that situation and it's funny that we're talking about it again because that was like like, I remember talking about that on the podcast, and me personally, I was Team Gruden. I'm all about reunions, right? And I thought maybe it would be good. Dude, just
2: him, him, him all the coaching rumors that he was going to come out, going to come out, and then he didn't. And then Scott Reynolds comes out with that, like, John Gruden's ready to coach again. And then, like, he, I remember he came out with that Fab Five or, like, his two-point conversion, and he was like, Gruden's going to be the coach of the Bucks." And then, like, not really necessarily sources, but that I remember Ian Rappaport came out. I think it was, like, Christmas Eve. He came out and said, oh, John Gruden has been uh, reaching out to assistant coaches and putting a staff together, and the San Bay Buccaneers are very interested. And I was like, holy crap.
1: Well, so I guess – the difference obviously was money, length, and personnel yeah, control. They
2: they weren't willing the, to give a ten year but the bucks wanted contract. to
1: give him what was it, five year, I don't even know, whatever bozo bucks he's getting paid in I don't Raiders. Know. It was like half of that. But it was a five-year deal with no personnel control. And then in swoop the Raiders with ten years, whatever the hell he's getting paid. hundred mil. Hundred mil. Yeah, it's, the Bucks it's, it's I think the Bucks million. wanted five year, fifty mil. And he wanted a little bit longer, a little more security. So, what more security than a ten-year contract and uh, personnel control? Because yeah, what I think I, remember, the I Bucks, think that that the played, Bucks played didn't more wanna, of a factor. Yeah, they didn't want to give him personnel
2: control. Yeah, that that played more of a factor than the actual number of years on the contract. Yeah. Um, that, that played way more of a factor. So, um, yeah, that was a, that was a fun little time in Buck's history, though. That's like a forgotten thing. And remember that Monday night football game when they inducted yeah. Gruden
1: in the ring of and, honor and all time. those
2: rumors and stuff, man. That was just, that was nuts. Yeah. But I mean, you know, it's just it's literally it, it's dirt crazy.
1: cutter standing on the sideline. Yeah.
2: Oh, my God. And I remember Jameis just had like the game of his life and we we're all like, he did it because it's in, in front of Gruden. Right. Yeah. And we We're like, he's trying to show off for Gruden. Um, i mean yeah like i said there was a lot of people in that building uh you know i spoke to some you know people and there's a lot of people in that building some higher up people in that building who really thought that that was that was happening and it was very close so the Bucks did dodge a bullet there and uh yeah who knows where this team would be right now man i i don't think they would have a super bowl um but yeah who who knows obviously john gruden has the raiders off to a great start like whatever but um yeah the based on what the book the success the books have had i think they dodged a huge bullet
1: yeah thank god for bruce arians man we like to close the show every single week with the newest segment on the show uh if you have one this week evan do you have a take bag
2: uh i don't really have one uh take a take bag i have one little thing i Richard Sherman is wearing number five, so that'll give some Josh Freeman flashbacks. Oh yeah, right. Uh, it's, it's actually it's not even like the the new numbers. It's like the the old jersey still. So it's like the the Freeman like era of, of jersey. It's like whoa. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of crazy. Um, but he, he he explained a cool story uh, because of it. Somebody asked him, you know, why why five, and he said, Well, my son was born on the fifth, and he said my son was actually born on February fifth. So two five. And just just the five, obviously, you can uh, corners are allowed to to be single digits, which is going to mess me up uh, a ton this year. <laughs> um, I, I look at sure. Leonard, I look at Leonard Fournette and Jalen Darden, and I'm like, what is yeah. what is this? Um, Luckily,
1: I'm pretty sure that for the time being, Sherman's the only single digit guy we have back there.
2: I think so. Um, so, and a lot of people, I'm I'm not sure if people are wondering, um, you know, so Gia Bernard has 25. Mm-hmm. Even if Sherman wanted to pay him, even if they agreed on it, well uh, the rule states once the season begins you cannot uh change numbers like swap numbers. Like you you can like I I don't believe you you can change. So technically, the Panthers, the Panthers week 1, right? I believe Shaq Thompson and another linebacker changed their numbers, but that was week before week before the first game. It was like the deadline. So, I, yeah, I believe once the games start, you are not allowed to, to switch numbers, even if you have an agreement to, um to, to pay for it. So if Sherman comes back next year, maybe he does take 25, but that's why he's not having 25. Um, why hasn't Pierre Desir been brought up from the practice squad? I mean, the, the bucks might do that. You can do that. Um,
1: I think it'll happen this week.
2: Yeah. You, you can do that. Typically they do it on Friday or Saturday before the game. So if they are going to do it or, you know, last week it was Rashard Robinson. If they just do that again, it'll be, it'll be one of those, uh, one of those days I wouldn't really worry about too much. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, for all of our people just now getting here, apologies. That's the show. Thank you so much for checking out this week's episode of the Cannon fire podcast, specifically the mailbag edition of the show. Very laid back. Love talking with you guys in the live chat. And of course, interacting on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Canafier Podcast. And send us an email anytime, CanifierPodcast at gmail.com, and we will for sure be reading it on the mailbag show. Evan, I gotta commend you, my friend. Uh, you know, with those sunglasses on, staring at a computer screen for a solid hour at this point, I am I am pretty impressed. So so good job, my man. Thanks for uh thanks for committing to the bit, right?
2: Yeah. What did you think I was going to take him off and move it through? No, no, I guess not. I I think, I think there was a part of you that did. I think there's a part of you that did not believe in Mr. Too Legit to Quit. I'm Too Uh, Legit to Quit. I can't quit it. Forgot about that moniker,
1: too. Yeah, I don't
2: know how, I don't know how you forget that. I don't know how anybody forgets that. I'm just, Never I'm forget just not, that. That's that's basically my theme song.
1: I'm just not legitimate enough. If
2: if I don't enter the watch party to that song, I am going to be furious. I won't show it. I won't show it. But deep down inside, just know that I am going to be furious.
1: Well, you're going to have to talk to your chauffeur or whoever ends up driving you to the watch party. I think oh, it's I, gonna I, be I, me I, or James.
2: Yeah. Well, so there you go. I was about to say that's easy. You're oh, gonna be man. Honest.
1: Thank you, guys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys for hanging out with us in the live chat once again. Spiritual Sniper, Willie Beeman, David Cardona, a couple of more. Shout out Coach juan Yeah. <laughs> Coach <laughs> Wannish
2: yeah you know we just gotta we gotta focus on the new england patriots and we know tom obviously tom has a great history there but um you know we gotta focus on it now we gotta focus on the group we have and go out there sunday night and win a football game that's uh, that's bottom line And i think the patriots have a great team i know they lost a few close games but um you know their quarterbacks really kept them in it and it's gonna be a real challenge but uh, we gotta be ready to go for sunday night
1: oh my good god Shout out to everybody who sent their questions in this week. Like I said before, you can always reach us, at gmail.com or social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show, and of course, Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can check out my co-host, Evan, on Instagram at bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram, rapidly approaching 30,000 followers.
2: What? Wait, real quick. Uh, as a fan from Hawaii, I always look forward to watching Can Fire Podcast for news and updates. Thank you a lot, DJ. Hell
1: yeah, man! Now. Watching us all um, in
2: the island. David Cardona, Coach Juanus, Assistant Coach Matthew, and Publix employee James.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, that's the best. I like Publix that. Publix employee what a, James. What a, sta- what a staff! What <laughs> a Publix
2: employee. <laughs> employee? We got a Publix employee. <laughs>
1: He's the he does the social media and stuff
2: oh, for Publix, not for us, <laughs> not for the <laughs> for his local Publix, his p- specific store.
1: Our buddy Joey Salas also says he's a fan in Miami, or, hey, uh, uh, Miami, Miami, Hawaii, um... <laughs> same place. Obviously, he is also yeah. in Hawaii <laughs> oh, Pub, Pub, Publix employee, Jay, <laughs> hey, you gotta be That's you gotta good. be. That's I mean, we got some Hawaii locals in here. So if anybody can attest to this, it's them. But like, I feel like you got to be careful in Hawaii. Like if you're not, if you're not in the touristy Aloha. areas, if you're not in like, you know, a, a resort what do you property, mean? dude, I have heard that if you go like mess around in Hawaii and, and be in places you shouldn't be, you will get your ass kicked. What and, do you mean? Maybe, Everybody yeah. in Hawaii is nice. No, dude. I Aloha. Heard... Mahalo uh spiritual sniper says he's a brady fan in massachusetts everybody checking in man i love to hear it uh zamrell says from the bay area here anybody
2: else checking in from where they're from really fast before we before we wrap things
1: up shane smith you know. also uh shane smith also hanging out with us is what's up boys willie beeman as we know up there in shout Philly out to hawaii you. all right shout out to hawaii bro
2: willie beeman i owe Willie Beeman
1: a lunch you do yeah we <laughs> talked about that last time you need to you need to i was gonna doordash
2: it i'm just gonna doordash it, door it to him Shane's hanging out
1: Shane's hanging out in Reno, Nevada. The smallest it what is it? The littlest big town in the world, littlest big city in the world or something. I don't know. A Z Phoenix. We got we got A Z. Fuck the world from Phoenix, Arizona. Mr. Smith says, What's up, dude? Shane Smith and Mr. Smith. Not the same guy. He
2: he said, Well, maybe. I don't know. What do you want to be addressed at? Shane Smith or Mr. Smith? Well, there's two different
1: guys in the chat. There's
2: Well, maybe, maybe frederick maryland all right cool we got some maryland evan if you coach brady would you curse him out for interception i'd let brady do whatever he wanted okay if brady if if, if brady threw an interception he could curse me out it would be my fault
1: (laughs) uh mr smith says shout out from riverview hell yeah dude i i uh i moved from riverview a little over a year ago and i'll be honest with you i hate that part of town now it James sucks. is over.
2: James is M.I.A. tonight. Thank yeah, God. He's, he at, he's
1: probably he's probably working at Publix. I don't know. <laughs> he's probably stuck in the shelves yeah, as
2: he's... we <laughs> He's grinding away at Publix, man. This is. Just...
0: Oh,
1: dude. He oh. literally he
2: literally works at Publix like one day a week. So,
1: yeah, but he's a hustler, man.
2: He, he's he's a hustler. He, you know, he YouTube's his life, I guess. That's just he's a, he's a YouTuber. Oh, man. We gotta... He'll be he'll be on FaceTime with me while he's
1: at work oh like, i thought you were like i thought he, you were like promoting that he's gonna be a no yeah no. he will he's like no. he's like, and then he goes he goes like this like with his phone here talk to
2: this guy this is my friend here i'm gonna like, be like hey uh, man this
1: is my co-worker yeah, this is like, from the Canon fire podcast you know like, these guys um.
2: and then they're like no who are they <laughs> oh come on
1: oh dude I, I guess we should wrap this thing up thank you guys once again for hanging out with us live on youtube shout it's out public's
2: employee james yeah right? original originally a south jersey guy but philly's been home for six years we're at in south jersey um yeah but yeah so richard sherman how about that guys huh the Bucks made us look like fools yet again so
1: <laughs> We're not the only ones. I mean, we're yeah, not the, I mean, we're not you the know, only people who crapped on that I mean, take a week and a half. I'll, ago. I'll, t-
2: I'll tell you right now when Tom Brady retires in 10 years, there's no way that Patrick Mahomes <laughs> is taking over for him. There's no way. So speak that's it what it, I'll say.
1: Speak it into existence now. Never,
2: never going to happen. Shane Smith, keep up the content, boys. Appreciate it. I really do. Oh, yeah.
1: Thank you, guys. Subscribe. Yeah, we actually,
2: we, 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 I'm sorry. Sorry no, to cut you, you could, off. But you I just want to shout out the, you know, we had like 50 people watching. We I mean, know it's late. So we, we, we appreciate it um well we will have a game preview show coming out this week to preview the game this wasn't really a preview show we barely actually talked about the game because like all the all the news so we no, will we have a preview been, we've show just been
1: sitting around bullshitting for the last 10 minutes hey that's what this is about that's fun No, that's, uh, that's the spirit of the mailbag show okay from
2: clementon and Jay. okay cool that's cool willie um yeah so thanks a lot for the support guys thanks a lot for watching and coach wanish too legit to quit finally has said his piece so i'm out
1: there we go with the sunglasses and all coach taking no more questions um subscribe to the channel if you have not already of course we'll have to come up with a coach emoji coach wanish emoji for this I'll, it, can you do custom emojis on youtube chat i think you can if if you can like you can on twitch then i'm definitely going to look into that We'll we'll make something happen Uh, But thank you once again for checking out the show. Subscribe to the channel if you have not already. Plenty of great Buccaneers content between now and the end of the season. And uh, one more special shout-out to our sponsors, BetOnline.ag. If you are looking to bet on any of the action this coming week for weekend, go to BetOnline.ag. If you download their app or you sign up on their website, you can get a 50% deposit bonus on your first deposit. So go out there and make some money, man. Proud, uh, proud sponsor of the Cannon Fire Podcast. I'm your host, Rhett Matthews, signing off for my co-host, Coach Evan Wanish. And uh, we will catch you Friday for the Game Preview Show. Be on the lookout for that. Thank you guys once again for checking out this week's episode. We'll talk to you later this week with the Game Preview. Until then,
0: and as always, go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. What if I told you that you can support your blood pressure and healthy CoQ10 levels with two chews a day?